Hello, friend and colleague. It is Nikki from Full Voice Music on our podcast show today, episode 187, season eight premiere. My special guest is Bethany Turpin. She is a voice teacher from Yarmouth. And today we are talking about doing scary things like raising rates. In fact, Bethany's going to tell you how she doubled her rates business savvy teachers doing hard things right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, my friend and colleague. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and welcome. Welcome, oh my gosh, to season eight. Eight years of talking to incredible people, sharing the business strategies and pedagogy and all things happening in your studio. Thank you so much for being part of our community. I'm so excited and I'm a little... I'm a little in shock, really. Eight years. Wow. Who knew? 187 episodes. That's that's a lot. There's days where I just kind of shake my head and go, I can't believe we've done all these. Anyhow, my friend, I'm so excited. I have a wonderful interview and something that I, uh, something that I just, one of my, one of my reasons for doing this podcast is to help teachers build businesses and studios that they love and businesses that are successful. And I am sharing, um, I've have invited my friend Bethany to share her story. She has done some incredible things um, and uh, she's built a studio in a very small, small community and she uh, doubled her rates. That's right, doubled them. So if you're sitting there going, oh, should I raise my rates three or five dollars? No, Bethany doubled them and she's going to dive into that. So before we get to this very inspiring conversation, I have some important announcements. First and foremost, if you have not been to our website, fullvoicemusic.com, we right now, if you're listening to this podcast at time of release. We have our back to school sale and you can save 20% on all our digital downloads. That includes our song download packages. It includes our digital song books. It includes our digital teacher resources. And you can save 20% on our new online course. If you are new to working with young singers and you would like to dive into the pedagogy and all things working with kids from ages six to 10 before voice change, the Happy Singing Teacher Training online course is now 20% off. And I'm going to encourage you to take advantage of it because we keep adding courses and lessons sorry, excuse me, we add lessons to our course. So it is a forever growing program, but the price is going to go up soon. So take advantage now because it will never, ever, ever be at this low price again. So if you want more details, they are in the show notes. The Happy Singing Teacher online course is there. And I do want to mention that we have a lot of wonderful teacher training opportunities. We have a play-based learning engagement and lesson pacing module that you can take advantage of. That's a recorded workshop. And we have new live workshops, one all about 
small group classes. And Bethany is going to talk about her small group classes today. There's so many teacher training opportunities. Please check out our website, fullvoicemusic.com. Check out the teacher training tab. I would love to see you. I would love to meet you in a Zoom room. They're very intimate and they are fun workshops. And uh, we have people from around the world. And I do try... It's hard. I do try to pick a time when I can when I can invite as many time zones as possible. But if it's not in a time zone that is friendly for you, yes, yes, yes. There is always a replay that you can watch. So, my friends, please take advantage of our sale. Please take advantage of our teacher training. There's nothing more inspiring than having new ideas and new strategies to take back to your studio. Now, Without any further ado, a very wonderful, brave, young teacher and her story right here on the podcast. Welcome to the season eight premiere podcast, Bethany Turpin. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i very excited to talk to you, Bethany, and um, I want to thank you for your time. I know, like most teachers, you're, you're busy. You're gearing up for a new season of teaching, yes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to, uh, I wanted to just, before we get started, I wanted to tell everybody, uh, a couple of years ago, actually, this is our third summer here, a couple of years ago, my family and I, we moved to Nova Scotia, and... I got the warmest, funniest, friendliest email from this woman here who was like, hi, you don't know me, but I'd really like to meet you and welcome you to the province. And I was like, what is happening? This is Nova Scotians are so nice. I've got voice teachers wanting to meet me. This is crazy. Anyhow, we had, we sat down, we had this incredible, we, how many, we must've talked for like three hours, four hours. It was a long time. (laughs) And we just had a lovely time and I had a new friend and Bethany, I cannot thank you enough for that, that, that kindness. And, and, and I was also like, man, she's bold. Like, I don't know if I would call up somebody that I didn't know me like, hi, welcome to my province. I was like, oh, Nikki Lowney is moving to my province and she's going to be close. I need to meet this person. Well, I really, I was really wonderful. And and you you were telling me your story. Like you were, you were actually at the time you were moving to Dartmouth because you had gotten an adjunct position at the university and you were all excited about that and there was like all this change happening in your life and I was like wow she's this is amazing she's got so much going on but anyhow a lot of things have happened for you over the last couple of years and I love sharing success stories on the podcast and you my friend are so inspiring and I want to I want to celebrate you and everything you're doing and I think that you are going to help a lot of teachers listening who might be in the same position. Maybe they're starting up their studio. Maybe they're transitioning from one type of job to another. So I do we want to start from where we met and what was going on? And then we'll, we'll do the life story from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I'm happy to start there. All right. Well, give them a little bit of your background because you are, you know, I should have, I should have introduced you as, <laughs> as Dr. Bethany Turpin because oh. you had just, you had just gotten your, your doctorate when I met you. Uh, no, I was like on the edge, Oh, like right God. at the very end of getting it. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. So I'm going to turn things over to you. So, uh, you, I guess that was 2021. We had just had coffee. All right. Let us, let us give us a little picture of what was happening there. (laughs) It was 2021. We were having coffee. It was a dark and stormy day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And then I was right at the end of my doctorate in musical arts. So I was like working on my thesis and feeling like I was never getting anywhere and it was never going to end and I was just going to be stuck there forever. Right. Um, And I had been teaching in this little town of Yarmouth. I'd only been teaching there a year because I moved there from Ontario as a whole thing. Anyway, I'd been teaching for a year. It had been going well and... I had applied and been offered a job at Dalhousie University, and I took this job because, of course, I got my doctorate because I wanted to be, I thought I would like to be a professor. Mm -hmm. Um, Turns out that you don't just become a professor. That's actually (laughs) quite difficult to become one of those. (laughs) Um, And so I got this job, and I was like... I have to take this job, even though it's like a one-year contract. I just, I have to have this experience. So I moved to Halifax and taught there for a year. And I loved teaching. I loved the students. Uh, it, it's just a very difficult time to live in Halifax right now. The yeah. rent was incredible. My cost of living tripled. Wow. It's like a whole thing. Um, and yeah, I, I worked there for a year and then after the one year contract ended, my job kind of like didn't exist anymore. They, they decided not to, they wanted to make it per course instruction instead of just one big job. Um, and I didn't want to return to a university for a pay cut Mm. and less job security you know, sure. oh, I do. Um, and also I like, I missed the, little, I missed Yarmouth. I missed the little town and I love teaching privately. I love being my own boss. Mm. And so I moved back here the summer of 2022. And then I sort of like revived to the studio it's like oh haha ha, I'm back. Wow. <laughs> Remember me. And, um, yeah, during kind of the tail end of working at Dalhousie and and then uh, through into the beginning of this year of teaching, I did the how to run, how to run your voice business without hating your boss, which I think is hilarious. Um, and I, I did that largely because I knew that I didn't know anything about running a business <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was like a big financial investment and it was scary, you know, to make sure. that kind of investment when I yeah. was like, I'm changing jobs and students, who knows if they will come. Right. Um, but yeah, I did that and that really helped me 
get set up. And I taught, uh, I taught, and I taught, and I'm still alive, and I still have a <laughs> roof over my head. And <laughs> here we are, ready for another year. Oh, it's it. I I'm really glad, and I just want to circle back. You know, you mentioned how scary it is, and and I can appreciate. You know. I know for us moving to a new province and leaving my studio behind and not really knowing what to expect and getting started again is, is really challenging, but I, I would love for you to, to, for people that don't know, Yarmouth is on the, the end of Nova Scotia. So people from Maine come over on the ferry on the cat to, to Yarmouth. Um, how big, so tell everybody how big Yarmouth is. Like it is a small place. Oh yeah. It's small. Um, the Yarmouth town has maybe about 2000 people in it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the County, I'm not totally sure. There are a lot more people in the County, but Mm. it's like less than 50,000 people for sure. Right. Um, It's small and quite rural and, like the nearest Costco is a three and a half hour drive away. Like okay. that's that kind of rural. <laughs> I can just vision now people listening to the podcast, knowing that you would have to drive three and a half hours to a Costco. They're like grabbing onto their chests going, what? Oh <laughs> no. Oh yeah. Uh, it's like a weekend thing. Like right? put the coolers in the truck. We're going to Costco. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, and you know, and it's interesting too, because, you know, you, you see this and we've talked about this, you know, prior to the recording, but a lot of people seem to think that if you're in a small town, you've got less opportunity to build a successful business. And, um, you ran into some, you ran into some, some, uh, resistance to like your, cause you went through a price increase, a big price increase. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you had some people that had some thoughts about that. You want to, you want to share that with everybody? Oh yeah. Um, so when I first moved here in 2020 to teach, that was a great time to be a singing teacher. Um, I tried out a sliding scale so you could pay me anywhere between 40 to $60 an hour. Wow. Um, Yeah, which made me the most expensive music teacher in the area. Um, And I tried out and it worked pretty well, actually. Like I found that people who could afford paid more, people who couldn't afford paid less. Um, But there was also this added component of people who could afford but just valued my services less, paid less. Right. Um, Which, you know was a little difficult to deal with. Um, and then when I moved back here in, uh, 2022, I, uh, I started charging last year. I charged like between 85 and a hundred dollars an hour. So let's just sit here (laughs) for a second. Let's just sit here for a second. Okay. So you, more than doubled your price. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so for people listening to this who are going onto forums saying, I raised my rates $3 and I waited six years to do that. Okay, so Bethany just said <laughs> you doubled your prices. Okay, <laughs> let's let's unpack that. Let's unpack that. So 
how did you you were like yeah yeah i'm charging them more and or where did you have some feelings about it oh i had i had a great many feelings <laughs> um <laughs> i like it was really scary and a lot of the things that you know i think everybody who increases their rates is like Maybe no one will come back. Maybe I will be penniless on the streets. Um, I think the thing that really galvanized me to be like, I'm doing it and I'm not apologizing and I'm not looking back was the math, uh, which mm. I, I'm not a huge math fan, but I did some math. <laughs> and, and it was kind of like, this is how much is required to run my business and be able to live. Mm -hmm. I can't argue with that. And also a realization of like, there's no point in running a business that can never support you. Right. Like that. It's like, if I just don't charge enough, it doesn't matter how many students I have. I will still not be able to make a living off of my business. And mm -hmm. that, that will result in business failure eventually. And so I at least want to have the hope of my business being, um, my business being solvent yeah. and something that I can actually live off of. And also things around like so many mindset things that, um, you know, I, I personally, I don't know how everyone else feels, I just had accepted from day one of music school that like musicians are poor. They will always mm -hmm. be poor. You are always going to struggle. And then um, I kind of started to believe that like I deserved those things, mm -hmm. that it's like I chose to be a musician. So I deserve to struggle. I deserve to never make enough money to be comfortable. And that's like the thing. Mm. And just kind of realizing that, yeah, those things are true for a lot of people, a lot of, you know, musicians and not, but it's not something that's like, oh, this is just a consequence of your poor choices. It's like, <laughs> no, I, uh, chose to be a musician which is a thing I really love and a thing that is valuable and that I deserve to have the same amount of security and happiness as other people do and that that's like I don't know that's it's okay to want those things and, and you're allowed to structure your business in a way that will allow you to have those things, even if it's not right away, uh, that you know that like at least working towards that and yeah. that that's... And I, so I'm like a uh, big tangent, but I'm coming no, no, back this around. No, beautiful. This is beautiful. <laughs> I'm coming back around to like, when I came back, of course I contacted all of my former students and was like, hello. I'm back. Here are the new rates. Like, yeah, this is it. Okay. Um, I'm dying to know. So you came back with new rates, contacted old students. What was the response? Like, what was like, what happened? Uh, well, I had 
two of my former students returned. So previously I'd had about 30 students and two of them uh, came back, which was, that was really scary because, you know, it's like, oh, these, this is my base of students, of people who've like wanted voice lessons before. Um, I did have a couple people, you know, kind of be like, oh, this is too expensive for me. And I had to like, I don't know, I had to like look at myself in the mirror and like have fake conversations where I'm like, how can I talk about these things where I'm not apologizing and where I'm not um, like where I can handle that pressure of like, it's so tempting to be like, oh, I'll just like, I'll, I'll give you a discount or I'll do this thing for you. And it's really hard for someone to be like, you're too expensive. And me to be like, that's okay. Like, and recognizing that if people really want something, not all the time, but many people will find a way. Like they'll find a way to afford the things that they want. And, and that's, and the thing is, is like, because I know so many teachers are like, oh, I want to help people who can't normally afford lessons. And like, that was 100% me growing up. My family couldn't afford music lessons. I really wanted them. Eventually I got to go to music lessons when I was 14 and I was so excited So, like, I totally understand the, like, some people just can't afford it. And it's so, you want to help those people. And I think that there are ways to help people who maybe just, like, it's just not in the cards. However, uh, starving to death is not one of those ways. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) And that, like, you have to take care of yourself. You know, you have to take care of yourself before you try to help other people. Um, and yeah, and I also had, uh, like a lot of my kind of friends and family, when I was like, okay, I did all the math and here's my new rates. They're like, no one here is going to pay (gasps) that amount of money. Okay. So let's speak to that. (laughs) So you had family and friends tell you that that was not going to work. Oh, yeah. They're like, people here, like, those are city prices. People don't pay that here. People here can't afford that. Mm. Um, and and I was, and I, I kind of goes back to the like, well, this is what it takes to run my business. If it's going to fail, it's like, it's going to fail. Like, if I have to right. get a second job or whatever, I like, you know, if my, if it, if it can't be a business, then it can't be a business. And I need to be able to accept that, but clearly I'm here because I think it will work. And now how, how many, how many that you know of, like there's other music teachers in Yarmouth, right? And would you say that they are completely devaluing their services by what they're charging? Yes, they are. And it makes me so like sad because they have such experience and they're so talented. And 
these amazing teachers. I have taken lessons from some of the local teachers and, and it's so hard. Like it's, it's, they, they're such hard workers. They have so many students and, and they charge so little. And I, I just, I don't know. I'm like, you don't have to, you don't have to kind of like you always say, like, you don't have to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. And I just like, and also like, if you have 50 students, one, that's a problem. That's a lot. Because that's so many. But also double your rates, have half the students and make the same amount of money. Like I, and you would still be doing them a favor. Yeah. I think there's also that mindset too, sometimes that we get into where more is better, right? More is better. Well, more is more emails and more families, more people at a recital, longer recitals, more resources. (laughs) Like it's, it's not better. It's just more. (laughs) It's more admin. Think of oh. the admin. <laughs> more, hey, I, gosh, if I did, if I had to respond to fifty emails in a day, I would die. <laughs> right? And can you imagine fifty students just being like, "Oh, I'm sick," or like, "Oh, this," or like, "The dog ate my piano music," or no, like, no, I don't have time for that. <laughs> right, right, and then also too, I find you know, uh, my thing would be, well, what. You know, if you're teaching 50 people, how how much energy do you actually have for my kid, right? Like how much, like you, you see that sometimes, like when you're, yeah. there's a lot of group class experiences for children. And mm-hmm. I've pulled my child out of some programs because it's like, you're just not getting the attention that you need and that I'm paying for. Yeah. Like swimming was like that for us. Mm-hmm. Like we went to semi-private lessons because my son spent you know most of the the class holding on to the side of the pool waiting for his turn it's like you know that's not worth the cheap cost of these these classes like he's just not swimming so I'll pay more to have that one-on-one or you know two or three kids in the class it's far more beneficial for me to spend more money so that he gets more instruction time. And I honestly, yeah, yeah if you're, if you're a teacher, you're, you're 60, 50, 60 kids, like, like how much brain space do you have? Like, I know for a fact, cause I did that. You don't. So yeah, there you go. I don't, I like, yeah, I, I don't know how people function. I would just be like, I just open the door to the student and be like, I got like wiping the tears away. Like, okay, (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Oh man. Now, um, so let's go back. You had two of your previous students sign up. What did you do other than like freak out a little bit? And then like, how did you, how did you build your studio essentially from scratch after doubling your prices? Yep. Okay. So here's what I did. Um, (laughs) Okay. My, my viewers can't see this, but, but Bethany has this like, like evil plan, like, you know, evil sinister plan gesture going on there. (laughs) Yeah. Just like steepling the fingers Um, because, you know, because these are things I didn't learn in music school that I'm just like, everyone needs to know. And I also, I feel, 
I feel like sometimes people can be a bit dodgy about exactly how they did things. And I'm like, okay, I did this and it cost this much and it went from this to this. Um, So I moved to this town. I'm the, an important thing is that I'm the only voice teacher. Mm -hmm. An additional thing. Ah, am I the only voice? I've like heard legends of other voice teachers in the area, but like, I can't find them. Okay. And, you know, it's like, oh, I took lessons from so-and-so. And I'm like, who is that? They don't have a website. I, like, look for them because I'm like, Okay, so there could be other you? teachers, but they are not marketing themselves at all. Yeah, it's very, uh, I don't know, word of mouth or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved here. And part of why I moved here, my family's from here. And when I would come here on vacation, people would ask me for voice lessons while I was on vacation. Oh, okay. And I, so, yeah. So I knew that, like, there was a demand, um, which is which is part of why I moved here, because I knew that people wanted voice lessons. Sure. And that, you know, maybe I could make it work. And when I moved here, I got involved with things. So I already had a bit of a base because I'm not from here. I didn't grow up here, but my parents are from here and my extended family lives here. So I already had a bit of a network with family Mm -hmm. where I could be like, I'm teaching voice lessons. Tell your friends. Sure. Um, And it's like, you know, there's a community theater here and I got involved at the community theater. I music directed a Christmas show and tried to get community members to sing in four-part harmony with mixed results, but they worked very hard. (laughs) Um, And like I emailed, I emailed teachers, like music teachers for schools in the area. Mm -hmm. I never heard back from any of them. However, I've met some of them since then and they all know who I am. (laughs) There you go. Like, okay, as long as you've read it. That's I that's interesting, you know, because sometimes we assume that we send something out and we don't get feedback from it that it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah. it didn't have impact. But you know, a lot of people just don't respond back. That's yeah. interesting. That's yeah. helpful. Yeah, yeah. And I like I literally walked down the main street with posters and went into every single store, even like random stores. The guys who sell like the buoys and the fishing <laughs> stuff. I walked in and was like, hey, I teach music lessons. Can I put up a poster? And they're like, okay, like, oh, why are you here? Uh, but I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you never know who'll see it. So I, I did some of that. And I know that in my community, Facebook is a big thing. A lot of people use Facebook to find to like know what's going on in the community and find events and stuff. So I made, you know, made my Facebook page. I have an Instagram account and, and I just like, you know, it's like becoming part of groups that's like Yarmouth events and stuff like that, that it was, you know, just sharing on those and yeah. And just like, I've, I just try very hard to be a shameless self-promoter where I'm like, and it's so like, 
I try very hard to be a shameless self-promoter, but on the inside, I feel so squirmy. Um, okay. And- I want to I thank you for sharing that. I really want to thank you for sharing that because like, would you say you're introverted or extroverted? <laughs> I am introverted and I'm really good at pretending to be an extrovert. Brilliant. Okay. I want to thank you for sharing that because even, even as an extra extrovert, Shannon Coates and I always laugh at how extroverted we are, but we, I still feel icky sometimes when I'm out there, when people like, even, even the other day, what do you do for a living? I'm like, Oh, I got to tell them I make children's music. That's so kind of weird. And, and it's (laughs) right. So I thank you for sharing that. Like for those people that feel that this is, makes me uncomfortable. It makes a lot of us uncomfortable. Yes. And, but, but you did the work, you did it. And, and so what kind of response did you get? You were out Postering. Oh, by the way, I do want to say, and I'm going to put links to your your socials. Bethany has beautiful branding. Like you've chosen really fun colors for your studio, and um, you know, I I was in Yarmouth a little while ago, and even even the little sign that you have at your house. It's just yeah. little, it's a cute little sign with your colors and, you know, you know, uh, Bethany, you know, Turpin's music studio. It's really well done. It's simple. There's nothing super fancy, but it's just, it's eye catching. And that's how I found your house. I was like, oh my gosh, there's <laughs> Bethany's house. <laughs> yes. I, and that's the thing. I, I put a sign on the lawn, like a little sandwich sign. Yeah. Ordered it from like Vista print. Yes. And. I was so like, this is the most embarrassing thing. I cannot believe that I have a sign, a huge sign with my name on it. It's like basically Bethany Turpin lives here. And I just like, I don't know. That just feels so just like, hey, everybody. And like, but actually, I really just want you to know where I live. And there's a QR code on the sign to my website that I like did some research to be like, how big does it have to be that you could take a picture of it from your car? Like that you don't oh, have to get out. Interesting. <laughs> okay. That's um, smart. Yeah. And, oh, and one more thing I did because I think I uh, got tables at craft fairs. Oh. And, yeah. And my one goal for, because it's like, what do you, do at a craft fair as a music teacher like right sure um and i tried a bunch of different things i found that little mini piano lessons went over well mini Mm. singing lessons did not go over well because people don't want to sing in public um yep yep yeah but it's like my one goal was just to like raise awareness of my existence that it's like i just want you to have seen me before and to maybe pick up a brochure. That's all I need from this Brilliant. $50 table that I'm going to spend a Saturday afternoon at. Nice. Um, and yeah, so I, yeah, I had, I did all these things. People were like, you're too expensive. No one will afford it. And you know what? People found a way. Yeah. Weirdly. And I just, I tried, I guess I tried. Part of it is I tried because I'm scared. Part of it is I tried because I wanted people to know. Mm-hmm. I really outline why, not why I'm expensive, <laughs> but like what 
the benefits are of working with me, particularly that like, Mm -hmm. here's why I think I can charge so much and not be a criminal. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, it's like, this is one-on-one work. And I have like in my studio handbook, I have like a whole thing of like, here are all the things you get when you work with me. Nice. And it's, it's things that like, I don't know, I think we don't think about that. It's like, you get personalized warmups. When you come into the lesson, you get warmups and technical development for you made by me. And like, it took me many years to figure that out. Sure. And, you know, and like repertoire or song suggestions, or I make recordings for students, or I find them recordings and just like all of these different things in my studio, the cost covers their books, mm-hmm. like any sheet music they need or that kind of thing. Um, I built that into the cost and I just like really try to outline those things and really impress on people that like this is like the one-on-one nature of it is so focused Mm. and so personalized that it's like, that's what you're paying for. You can get general voice advice for free on the internet. Yeah. You can't get someone being like, okay, that high note is difficult for you. Let's try these things to see how that goes. Or like, you know, you've heard of this artist. Why don't we try some of these songs and buy a similar artist to see if you like them or, or someone who could just be like, I've created a, you know, like we're doing a recital, a a performance opportunity for you and someone to coach you through that and help Mm -hmm. you have that experience. And like someone who knows something about performance anxiety and about your life and why you might be anxious or like how you might approach performing. And, and yeah, it's, it's taken a while to, to feel confident in that is what I think is important. It's like, I will, I wasn't born being like, I have all these things to offer people. You know, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for bringing all that up because I honestly think that many teachers have forgotten. They it, yeah. they just take for granted all the stuff that they do. And then instead of communicating like you did in your policies and, and when you talk to people, this is what you get. Most teachers just get resentful because people don't understand what a private lesson actually is. A lot of parents don't think about it. A lot of a lot of a lot of students don't think about it. They just they've had a few private lessons and they think, yeah, that's that's a private lesson, whatever, but they don't actually recognize that that time is all about you and everything that you need and it's not a it's not a small group class it's not a choir it's like you said it's not a youtube video with some general tips that may or may not help you and Mm -hmm. i love what you just said there i really hope teachers can take that in like um one of the things that i love that you're saying is one of the biggest things for me that helped me with, with marketing is, and I think it was Marie Forleo or one of those people. And they were like, marketing is, is communicating what you have to offer. 
And that yeah. took some of the ick factor out for me, right? It yeah. was like, oh, yeah, I just tell people what I'm doing. And so many people just don't, even even in their social media posts, you would never know that they were a voice teacher because they don't. <laughs> um, by the way, I have to, if I'm going to share your IG platform. Yeah. Bethany, when she gets on there, she's like, it's your friendly neighborhood singing teacher. And I love that because I'm like, yeah, you are. <laughs> Thanks. I was like, I, I could get away with this corny tagline because I'm going to commit and I actually love it. So, you know. I love that. <laughs> now, I appreciate your vulnerability. You've had some really tough days. Like there were, you, you only yes. had two students sign up and you've had yep. to do a lot of different things and yep. you, it's hard. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. How, how did you, how did you get through those days where you just thought this isn't going to fly or I, what am I doing? Cause we all have those thoughts. Yes. Yep. I, um, oh yeah. <laughs> like, when you contacted me about being on this podcast, first of all, I was like, I'm going to be famous. Right? Uh, <laughs> like, I'm on Nikki Loney's podcast. Um, but, but also, I was like, I'm, I'm a success story. Is oh, that, my I goodness. Mean, that's, oh, that's so nice that someone thinks that. That's very validating. <laughs> um, and I... I think it's one of those things, one of the most life-changing things that I have ever kind of realized or committed to is that being anxious, because I'm a very anxious person, being anxious about something or being afraid of something or not knowing how to do it does not mean you shouldn't do something. Um, which is like, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I'm so scared. Like, I'm so scared. What if students don't come? And I mean, it's August. Registration is like, you know, kind of, it's trickling in. Mm -hmm. But I haven't had this like mass influx of students being like, yeah. Like, you know, it's like people are coming back. People are very slow here to like. I always you know. found I always found people were like they would remember about registration like two weeks into the season, and then oh, I yeah. get flooded, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to be homeless. Thank you for finally right? coming and, around." <laughs> and it's it's so scary, and I think one of the things that helps me is like I've done it before. Mm -hmm. I I lived last year. <laughs> Probably I'll live this year. I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I Maybe not everyone is as dire as me, like, in their thinking where I'm like, will I starve to death? And it's like, <laughs> you know. Um, but it's just remembering that, like, I've done it before and that I can kind of, I can deal with whatever happens, even if it sucks. Mm. And that probably the worst outcome I can imagine is unlikely to happen. And so it seems like you've made peace with the false narratives, right? The little fantasies of doom and gloom. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's, it's not going to get that bad. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, because it, 
it comforts me to think about what is the worst thing that could happen and then to be <laughs> like, okay, if that happened, could I deal with it? And not every <laughs> that doesn't work for everyone, I don't think. But I am very much like, oh, okay. Like if the absolute worst thing happened and I like had to move into my parents' basement and like, you know, all of these things, like I would be okay. It would <laughs> be really hard, but I'd be okay. And that like, that's unlikely to happen. That's unlikely to happen. And also I think being part of voice teacher communities, like mm. I'm a part of the speakeasy cooperative yep. um, and just meeting other voice teachers and being like, oh, someone who just understands what my job is like, who can you know, who can give advice, whose like experiences I can learn from. That's been really important, but also just someone who could be like, yeah, August is really scary before, like before students sign up, before you kind of get into the year, Mm -hmm. it can be really scary or like the fluctuating income can be really difficult. And I think just having someone who can like, just like hold space for you. There's like, we're not solving the problems. We're not being like, Oh, don't worry. It will never be like this again. It's like, ah, it might be like this next year. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just having people to support you and, and just remembering that like things just because it's really scary doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. And it doesn't mean that like you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Um, that sometimes things just feel really scary. And then you have to talk like this and be like, okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I uh I uh I love everything you're saying. Now I would I would love for you to tell you've got a couple of different offerings in your studio because not only you teach private, but you're also doing group classes mm-hmm. too. So yeah. tell everybody about a little bit about your the workings of your studio. Yep. Um Perfect. Okay. So I do three, three different things. I teach privately and in my private teaching, I teach voice and beginner piano. Uh, I don't teach advanced piano, just little kids, um, or, or grownups who are just starting. Um, and I do that through a tuition model. So the way that I frame it with people is it's just like university or college. You pay one fee for the whole term and you can do that in a lump sum. If you have that sort of money, just handy. Um, Or you can do it in monthly payments, but you are not paying per month. You are making monthly payments towards a larger sum of you like, I think that's been important because so many teachers charge per month that I think my students, you know, it's just easy to think like, oh, well, like I have one less lesson this month, so shouldn't I pay less? Or like just little things like that, that it's like, no, no, 
I did all the math. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that up because when I switched to a tuition model, that mindset, it, there was some explaining. I had some explaining to do. <laughs> but what yeah. I found is like when I explained, no, this is your tuition fee and we divide it equally every month. That actually made it easier for families because then it was like, okay, I, I can, they can budget, right? My, yeah. my tuition per month is this much and it never fluctuates. It's not going to be lower or higher. And, and I think that was, that was a big deal for a lot of my families. And, and, but yeah. you have to explain it. You have to say, Hey, yeah. this is different. It's not per lesson. This is, this is everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, part of why I like wrapped up the cost of books or it like your tuition covers everything. Like we're doing a um like a recording thing in at Christmas time instead of a recital. Where each student's gonna record a song and or be in a group um to record a song and your tuition covers the cost of that. You don't have to pay extra to participate in that. Um and it also like it covers your books it covers any special events we do like it just covers everything and part of it is i part of it is i want families to be able to budget and not be like okay i set aside you know 200 dollars for this oh but the books are an extra 150 like oh no i just wanted it to be like you just give me this money and i will take care of it all um and also, I wanted to be able to buy the books that students need and not have to be like, well, you know, this is the book that would be really good for them, but like this one's cheaper. It's, it's right. like, no, I just, I want to be able to buy you the books you need. And, and I wanted steady income. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to be like, I am know how much money I am making. And I, and I don't have to be like, oh, there's one less lesson this month. So I'm making less money this month, even though I had the same bills I always have. Right. Um, yeah. 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 So, so I, I do tuition and I offer lessons in 25 minute and 50 minute increments. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Part, it's like, this is last year was my first time trying that before I'd always done half hour or hour long. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to leave some time and, you know, people, people feel differently about this. I live your life, but I wanted a few minutes between students for that transition time. And I just, it felt weird to me personally that like you're paying for a 30 minute lesson, but at two twenty-five, I'm, pushing you into your snow pants and out the door right? so that the next student could come in like that transition time. I was, I just didn't, I didn't like that people were paying for the time to put on their shoes. Sure. Um, but also like, I wanted the time to be like, I need a drink. I need, need to, to think to about bathroom. what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. And I don't yeah. want to feel like, Oh, this is on student time. And well, and, and some, and the, some people get really upset about that, right? Like they're, they're going to stay in your home singing notes until the, yes. like, till, you know, <laughs> 2958, right? Like. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I just, 
wanted to help make those expectations clearer mm-hmm. by like, you get 25 minutes and then we have some time to wrap it up. Um, and so I do those two lengths and in general, it's, it's funny because originally I thought like, oh, you know, teens and grownups will take the longer lessons and then little kids can take the shorter lessons. But that has actually, you know, for, I think partly for financial reasons or for time reasons, you know, some adults take 25 minutes, some kids take 50 minute lessons. And I have found that 50 minutes for kids has actually been really helpful because I don't feel like I have to rush. Yep. And especially for kids who like maybe have ADHD or, or, you know, who are just children and have energy and short attention spans that it's like, okay, we could take a minute to talk about my goldfish and their new tank. And I don't have to feel like, no, get back. You know, we need to do the thing. Um, Yeah. But then, you know, for some kids, I'm like, 25 minutes is plenty. And goodbye. Have fun this week. See you next time. Um, So that was a long answer. So I do tuition. I do it like that. And um, I do drop-in lessons, which, yeah, for the thing with drop-in lessons is that I don't like having my schedule messed up. (laughs) (laughs) So... I generally encourage people to do tuition and I've tried to like last year I tried for some people who had like shift work or that kind of thing. Mm, I was like, you know, you just book, they had the ability to book their lesson as they went while paying tuition. Mm. Um, But that was like mixed reviews because then if they couldn't find a time or like they would book like two days before and I would be like, oh, well, I had planned to go do this thing, but now I have to teach this person. Um, and I mean, I do have set working hours, so it's not like they can book me at like 10 PM or something. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. So I, I'm going to try just doing tuition or drop-in lessons and drop-in lessons you know, some people just want voice lessons once in a while. And I'm yeah. like, I'm willing to give you voice lessons Absolutely. once in a while. I don't care. Yeah. Um, the thing for me with drop-in lessons is it has what I call an ugly tax. Um, yep. Absolutely. That it's like- <laughs> you should be charging more for, for drop-in lessons. Yes. Absolutely. I, I agree. I'm just like, this is uh, inconvenient for me for a variety of reasons. And, you know, in general, it's better, in my opinion, for people to take regular lessons mm-hmm. instead of once in a while. So I want to discourage people from doing that. But you know what's um, interesting? I'm really glad you brought this up. This is actually a service that I think a lot of teachers offer, especially in performance. Like there's people that are on tour mm-hmm. for six months and then they want to come in and have a, a lesson. Like, that makes yep. sense. They're not going to be able to do a weekly lesson with you. And and yes, it should it's it's not part of your tuition package. So you haven't been able to defer the costs over a year, right? Or 10 months or whatever. So I I have many actually I have a lot of friends who are uh uh professional accompanists and they mm-hmm. have like they have time in their schedule for drop-in lessons and they are 
a lot more expensive than their tuition students. I don't, I wouldn't call it an ugly tax. I would just be like, it's costing me more. (laughs) Yeah. This one time I worked at a tailor shop and they had an ugly tax where they would charge people more who brought in like clothes that hadn't been washed, which like always wash your clothes before you bring them to a tailor, even if they're brand new. But also like, if someone just had like this old pair of jeans that they couldn't let go, it was just filled with holes and they wanted you to sew them all up. And it's like, just get a new pair of jeans. These ones are dead. Uh, they would, they would charge you more for that, like inconvenience. Well, I mean, and, it's people's time and it's valuing time. I, I get that. And yeah. also gross, and, like yeah, right, wash your right. damn clothes. Uh, <laughs> I know. Ah, but yeah, that's that's just why I call it an ugly tax. I love that. Um, now, you also do group classes. Yep, I do. I do two different types of group classes. Last year, I only did one type. I did a group class for kids. And the age of this class always fluctuates slightly. So... And I think an important thing to know about this group class is that I'm always scheming. Like, I'm always like, what if I tweaked this? What if I did this differently? So every year things are slightly different. Last year, I ran two group classes. And in the fall semester, there weren't enough kids to run both of them. So I consolidated them into one, which I think... It's just important for people to know that sometimes things don't work out and that's, you know, it's not like everything I've ever done has gone so well. Um, And then in the winter, I had enough kids that I could run two group classes. So I had one for kids ages four to six and one for six to eight. So I had just kind of this overlap. Um, And... I keep the group classes small because it's not one, because it's not a choir and two, because I am, but one person. And I know classroom management is a thing. (laughs) It's such a real thing. Oh my goodness. And I, I don't know, even things like I don't have a lot of kids in my non-teaching life. And I, I've always found, I do really well one-on-one with kids, but learning how to like, just deal with groups of children is something only in like the last couple of years that I have started to learn about. And just fun fact, my first year of teaching small group classes, I almost died. I, I'm serious. Cause I was so used to the one-on-one. If you are a private teacher mm-hmm. and you go into groups now, I thought, hmm, I thought I knew what I was doing. Cause I had had harmony groups with my teenagers before. And I was like, oh, it'll be easy. But I literally had to call in my assistant, Heidi, who's a classroom teacher. And she's laughing. Cause she's used to having like 27 kids and I have six and I can't manage right? them. Right. <laughs> So it's a thing. It's a big classroom management. If you're not used to it, it's a thing. I I hear you. I'm I'm with yep. you on that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And <laughs> so I had these group classes last year and I had three kids in one class and 
I had, I think, six kids in the other class. Mm-hmm. And ooh, this this will maybe be helpful for people who um who really want to give students who or potential students who maybe can't afford voice lessons um sort of opportunities i have a class helper and my class helper is a student that i love to teach she is a delight and um we've kind of become friends because we both did stuff at the community theater and Mm. um so I teach her lessons and in exchange for lessons, she is my class helper on Saturdays. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And um, so that has been a lifesaver because it frees me to focus on like, what game are we doing? Let's learn the words. And she can be like, you know, the child don't hit wrangler. that other kid. Make sure you come back from the bathroom, like that kind of thing. Yep, yeah, she absolutely. can do a bit of wrangling. Yep. Um, and and also to have another strong singer in the group just like helps bolster yeah, uh, absolutely. kids a little bit, especially beginning because they're all kids tend to be really shy. Mm-hmm. And when I first started my group classes, Oh boy, I like in the first couple of classes, I'd be like, okay, let's sing this song. And no one would sing. Yep, and absolutely. I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? Like the kids in my group singing class don't sing. Um, but you know what? They get more comfortable than they, they do. Sing. It takes them a while. They the that, yep. that fight or flight switch has to be switched off. <laughs> yep. And it's yep. like don't don't panic if the first couple of weeks you're like this is so low hour well children just stare at me <laughs> yeah um, yeah so I do group classes with a like I make a curriculum mm-hmm. I, I use a lot of full voice <laughs> materials and also songs by Donna Rodenizer whom I've never met but I love her music so much <laughs> um we yeah so I did that. And in the spring, I did a training for a group called Music Together, which is Mm -hmm. like kinder music or music for young children. Um, And honestly, honestly, I did this training because it's like, oh, I can do classes during the day. A lot of people have asked me about it. I like can see that there's a demand for this. But like, does the thought of teaching mommy and me classes fill my soul with joy? No. Um, but this sounds like it probably won't be bad. It'll just be like, maybe not my favorite thing, but it'd be fine. So I, I did this training and I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) So I'm really glad that I took that chance because I really did not think I would like it. Um, but I did a cl- two classes. I ran two classes this summer that were smaller. And I made it clear to the families that like, this is my first time running this class. I'm doing it in the summer. So we can kind of test it out, mm. be really relaxed about it. Um, and 
I'm really glad that I ran summer classes. And that's what I did with my group classes too. I ran my very first group class in the summer. Right. Because I was like, I just, I just need like a practice run to see like, what, what don't I know that I don't know? I don't know. Right. Um, And I'm really glad that I've done that. So I tend to use summers as like experiment time. Sure. (laughs) Um, I think my first two group classes were like just big experiments, you yeah. know, and, and, and yeah. all of my plans were sabotaged, all of them. Like I was like, <laughs> yeah. we're going to do these musical theater numbers and I'll do this and this. And then I got like four absolutely terrified to sing little girls who loved singing, but were not ready to sing together. And then I, all of the repertoire I had chosen had to get rid of it all of the activities were too terrifying like I literally had to like thank god I went to school for jazz and improvisation Uh -uh. is something that I learned because my first couple of classes were like all my plans are garbage so let's play (laughs) this little game and I'm pretty sure that's how I came up with the vocal roller coaster thing because it was like I don't know what I'm gonna do let's uh sing a line here honestly it was literally I was I was it was a sink or swim moment kind of thing (laughs) yep yes oh so much and I just I don't know I think it's So I have a doctorate in music and sometimes I feel like I don't know anything. Mm. And like, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm not a good teacher. All of these, you know, all of these thoughts about like just insecurity. And, and sometimes literally all I have is, I could sing better than five-year-olds, so I'm ready to teach these children. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and I, it's so hard to, I think it can be so hard to have compassion for ourselves when we're experimenting on things, but yes. it's like, I started a group class. I had no idea what I was doing. I like had to, I had to make you know, my own lesson plans for the first time and do all of these things that I was just like, I don't, and I didn't take music lessons as a kid. So like, I didn't start till I was a teenager. So like, I don't know what kind of music games I was. I was also homeschooled. So I wasn't in like a public school music class. Oh, it's like, I, I don't know how that, I don't know what people do in public school. I don't know how music classes go. Um, yeah, but just really like, it's like, sometimes it feels like everything is on fire, but like, you're, you're just learning and swimming, learning and swimming and just trying to, and like, it's music class, you know, these children, they're gonna, it's, they're gonna be okay. Even if you don't know what you're doing, like they'll be fine and they'll learn things and, they're going to, if they leave your studio with a smile on your face, or their face, you know, you've done, you're a good job, right? If they leave right, singing right. or humming a song, you're good. It's good. Right. They're just like, they're going to have fun. And sometimes you make mistakes or you'll try to explain something and they'll be like, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, 
that's okay. <laughs> that's my it lessons with like adults. That. That's my lessons with adults. You try to explain something. I'm like, what? And you're like, oh, I'm a horrible teacher. <laughs> yes. Yes. What would you say? What would you say to teachers out there that are, you know, doing what you're doing? They're trying new things and they don't have all the answers and they're struggling with, you know, making a living. And what, what, what would be your advice for them? Oh, I mean, I think that the biggest things that have helped me is making friends with other voice teachers Mm. and having people who just kind of understand the voice teacher struggle. Um, And so much, so much self-compassion around just like it's okay to get things wrong or it's okay to not quite know what you're doing Mm -hmm. and like you just you're trying your best and that's all you can do and Mm -hmm. I yeah I think it's just being honest with yourself about just about you know what you want from life and why you're teaching and I think for me a big thing is that I teach because I want to teach and because it has lots of things that I like even though it's also so scary sometimes Mm -hmm. and if you don't like it, that's okay. Like you, I think for me, it's this like having that back door of like, if things get too terrible, I can, I can always get a muggle job. Like I could, <laughs> you know, like if you don't like this, you can leave and, and that's okay too. But you don't want to leave, do you? And it's right. because, you know, and And I think, too, taking time to look back over, like, and this podcast has been so helpful, um, to kind of look back and be like, oh, you know, some things actually did go well, or, like, some things, you know, I tried, yeah, and, like, I tried to run two classes, and I couldn't, and, you know, I remember at the time being like, oh, no, like, what about my budget, and all of these different things and like oh I can only run one class and that class only has like three kids in it and then the next term I ran two classes and it's just kind of allowing for change and growth and recognizing that like the only constant in life is change and that it's okay if you're kind of like things are always changing and I always have to like learn and grow and do these things and I never get to sit down for one moment. Like, that's, <laughs> that's just how it is. That's just how it is a lot of times. And, and that's normal and okay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that being scared is not, being scared isn't a reason to not do something necessarily. I mean, only you can judge your limits, but for me, I'm like, yes, being scared is sort of like a low level constant. So if I didn't do things because I was scared, I, I would do very little. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, that should be a t-shirt. 
if I didn't do things because I was scared, I would do very little. I love that. Oh, Bethany. <laughs> Bethany, um, now, for people, people are probably thinking, so going back to you only had two students sign up originally. How many students did yes. you end up with your in your studio after the big price price increase? Oh, um, so only two students, only two former students came back. I found other people. Other people approached me, and they slowly trickled in. And I think that's the thing: is like it wasn't this like avalanche of people just sure. like lining outside my door. Um, but like people started coming. And I ended up, and this includes my group classes, I think I ended up with 28 students. Wow. But like, you know, eight of those are group classes. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, private students, my goal is around this year, I think, and it depends on like, are they taking half an hour or hour long lessons? But my goal is like, 17 yeah. students, like private students, 18, right around there. Um, and yeah, I finished, I remember having this moment last year where I was like, am I full? Is my <laughs> studio full? And like, this was like in March <laughs> and we wrap up in June. So it was, it was kind of like, am I? And it was such a strange feeling of like, if someone messages me and wants lessons, I can tell them no. Wow. I can just be like, actually, you can go on a wait list or like, oh, that like that was such a strange feeling because you spend so much time being like, okay, any students yeah. I gotta advertise. You don't do recognize. Well, and then there's that mindset of I better take them. Like I better take them because just in case, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. And and that is so hard to resist. It's so hard. Um, but I think part of it is like, you know, well, why do I want more students? Like, oh, well, I'm scared that other students might leave. And it's like, well, when does that end? Like, where's the cutoff mm-hmm. point for that? And if past you said, this is the end point, why are you ignoring past you now? Right, um, right. And I think just recognizing that a big part of it is just fear that, you know, it's like fear, fear of the unknown. And it's like you're having more students is not going to fix that fear. Mm -hmm. Like there is no number of students that is, you know, in, in my opinion, there's no number of students that you will go, okay, I'm not scared of the unknown now. Like that. Right. That's a good, that won't happen. (laughs) That's a good point. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's like one more student is not going to fix your fear of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's just, and this year, you know, like some students that I had last year aren't coming back, like for a wide variety of reasons. I, for none of them, in, as far as I know, it's not like I hated you so much. I'm never coming back. Right. Um, right. But, and I had one student last year that we were together for the year. And just in the spring, it was like, you know, like, you don't need me. Like, you, yeah. you're okay. Like, you're a strong, confident musician. You, you know, your voice does what you want it to do. It, like, you know, you can come see me for pep talk if you want, but 
Like you can also just not. And, and you know, they're not going to come back this year. And I feel. Or maybe they're going to come in. Would you charge them that ugly tax? Cause. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm like, aha, you. (laughs) Um, And, you know, some of my students who took, this is very gratifying. Some of them who were half hour students last year, I'm going to be hours long this year. Oh, so good. Yeah. And a couple who were piano are going to be voice and piano. A couple who were voice are going to be like, yeah. Um, Yeah. And I get to offer these like music together classes for kids, for like infants up to age five and then an accompanying grown up. Mm -hmm. And I'm only I'm only going to do one group class beyond that for ages five to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think one thing that it might be really interesting for people to know is that I before 2020, I had never taught full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had kind of taught on and off part time. I took a break for my doctorate. I moved a lot kind of around and it wasn't until 2020 that I was like, this is how I'm going to live now. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, it's like in what, two, three years, um, one, you can make a lot of progress. It turns out. And that it's like, I don't have, years and years of experience running a studio and you know it's like you just yeah so like I I have this um little cohort of last year they were all like four newly four or like three turning four and now they're all like turning five and like just getting to see kids growing up and coming back year after year. It's like, that's not an experience I've really had. And mm. like, I have one student, one of the ones who came back, who was like, what, seven when she started taking lessons mm. from me. And like, now she's 10. And the difference between a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old <laughs> is huge. And it's so cool to get to see okay. that and to see like her singing I'm, over time. I'm going to give you a scary heads up. So you'll get to a point where students of yours that you taught bring their kids for you. Oh, for oh lessons. gosh. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So ah. my student, Brooke, I taught her when she was in high school. And then her daughter, Piper, was in my small group class. And it was ah. like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I, and yes, yes. I'm not ready. Or, or when some of your students start, they go off, you know, and they do their university thing and then they start, you know, performing and teaching and you're like, oh, huh. <laughs> now they're the cool teacher and I'm their <laughs> teacher. Huh. Yes. <laughs> so it's coming, Bethany. Yeah. It's coming. Oh, boy. Bethany, I need, I, I cannot thank you. I need to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your story and, uh, and for being really vulnerable about how hard it was and, and the big changes you made and how scary that was, because I think, um, and for people listening to this podcast, every time 
Uh, somebody goes into the forum and they ask about prices and there's people that say, I haven't raised my prices in years. And then they wear that, they wear it like a badge of honor. My heart breaks because Mm -hmm. they can't be making a living wage and they can't be, they can't be supporting themselves and they won't have the money to invest in their, in themselves or their, or their businesses or anything. And I just, I, I, as soon as somebody asks those questions, my heart just sinks because I know that the the full, mm-hmm. like people love to just share the have not story, right? Yeah. And you're you did the hard work, and I every time I see you and and I hear all the things you're doing, I think there is somebody that's doing the hard things, and 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 thank you for sharing your your heartfelt story, and uh, I, uh, I I just. Thank you. I can't, I can't thank you enough. And you keep doing that good work. And, and pretty soon those kids will be bringing their kids to you and you'll be like, oh, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Where did that decade go? <laughs> Thanks so much, Nikki. And thank you for this podcast because, yeah, two summers ago, I... I didn't have money through the summer because voice teacher life and just not managing things super well. I, I worked through the summer as a janitor and I was listening to podcasts. I totally listened to every single business related episode you have ever done from day one until the present. And it helped me so much and it really helped change my um, my outlook on running music, like a music studio as a business. And I mean, it's what kind of gave me the courage and the impetus to, um, to like become a member of the Speakeasy Cooperative and do those things. But kind of before I was ready to do those things or able to do those things, this podcast was just invaluable to helping me figure out a little bit more what I'm doing out here. So thank you so much. That means so much. Thank you. And, And thank you for kicking off season eight. So Yay! I'm just so thrilled. I'm so thrilled that you're here and congratulations on all your success. You've, t- you've earned it and um, you've done the hard work. And, and I know that uh, teachers listening to this are going to find inspiration from your stories. So <laughs> I will, uh, I'm, I'm coming back to Yarmouth soon. I'm going to visit. Yay. <laughs> so. Scenic Yarmouth. So Bethany, my son plays, uh, Bethany knows my son plays baseball. So Yarmouth is the team that nobody can beat. Did you know that? (gasps) No, I did not know that. Yeah. Yarmouth, nobody can beat Yarmouth. It's like, they've got like 27 pitchers on the team and for a 13 U team, they can all pitch, which is, which is a little sus. I'm just going to say like, I don't know what's happening in Yarmouth, but I think they're bringing in (laughs) pitchers from Maine to play with the kids. That's what I think. That's what we all think. Yeah. The the fairy, it's that come, fairy from the Maine. The fairy just... from Maine comes in with the, those kid pitchers and it's like they all give them uniforms. So I don't know what's up with you Yarmouth people, but we're we're on to you. Anyhow, uh Bethany, I thank you so much. I can't wait to see you and hug you and again, congratulations on your studio and all your success and thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thank you. 
very special thank you to Bethany for that wonderful conversation. So inspiring. And I hope you, I hope you took away some courage from her story. I want to remind everybody that right now, until September 8th, hurry, hurry, hurry. We have our seasonal back to school sale, 20% off digital songs, songbooks, resources, and hurry, 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 20% off our Happy Singing Teacher online course. Please take advantage of it. It's a growing course. We are always adding new lessons to it. This is the lowest price it will be in all of time and history. (laughs) So please take advantage of that. As always, my friends, as you start another season of teaching, I am wishing you, wishing you sincerely inspired teaching, successful businesses, and happy singing. Thank you.